Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. We're recording here in the beautiful Spurgeon Library, and today I want to talk to you a little bit about the fine art of pastoral listening, the fine art of pastoral listening. Um, one thing we see um, in the scriptures as, as people cry out to the Lord, call out to God, is this recurring phrase, incline your ear, incline your ear to me. And when, when asked of God, it's not simply a request to be heard, that the prayer would be heard, but it's really at heart a request to be considered, to be listened to carefully. Um, the more that I've met with people um, in the course of ministry, um, the longer that I just do relationships, marriage, community group, um, you know, all the um, different relationships in, in my life, uh, the more the reality strikes me that what people want is not simply to be listened to, uh, but to feel heard. They want to, in some sense, through the act of, of speaking and being listened to, um, they want to feel significant, cared for, and considered. And this is really, at essence, what pastoral ministry is about, really, representing Christ as, a, as an under-shepherd of the Good Shepherd, representing Christ, um, you know, being an ambassador, being an ambassador uh, for Jesus in, in how we care for people. So in the feeding and in the caring and in the helping, um, very often it can feel like for the pastor um, that you're in the advice booth and people are just sort of moving down the assembly line and they have complaints and fears and anxieties and you're just, you know, handling them like you're taking a number at the at the DMV or something like that. Um, and so I think it's it's really important and really helpful to pause as often as we can and remember that what people are coming in for is not simply for good advice. Um, but for a listening ear, for someone um, to affirm their dignity and the image of God in them. And we can do that by listening really, really well. So I want to offer you uh, today in today's uh, podcast uh, four things to remember in order to help you adopt and embrace the fine art of pastoral listening. Uh, so here's number one. Remember how God listens to you. Remember how God listens to you. This is really key because it sets the precedent for how you will listen to your people. Um, this is the indicative for the listening imperative. Um, you know, think about Paul writing in Romans chapter 15 um, that we're to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us. And so when I read that, I think to myself, uh, well, how has Christ welcomed me? Well, he does so with patience and he does so with um, with grace, uh, you know, when you're talking to the Lord, he's not checking his watch. He's not looking over your shoulder for somebody more important. His, his arms aren't crossed. He's not tapping his foot. Um, he doesn't look bored uh, about what you're saying. Um, even if in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of his sovereignty, uh, your anxiety is, is really just sort of a, a little speck on the radar. In that moment, in that precious moment of laying your soul bare to God, speaking to the Lord in, in prayer or in praise, um, he is listening to you. He, he is honoring you um, by lending you his ear, inclining his ear 
to you. And so we have to remember that as we listen to others. We may deem their complaint or their fear um, or their concern um, as something somewhat insignificant, not worthy of our time, um, but that really doesn't give a sense of the gospel to them. So we have to remember how God listens to us, and that's how we ought to listen to others. I had to remind myself of this very often, um, especially on Monday mornings uh, when I was most tired, but more people um, were sort of fired up to have conversations about something that had happened on Sunday or some response to the message. And they weren't even necessarily complaints or criticism. Sometimes people just wanted to talk. But when I was most tired, um, I would be more inclined to be, you know, um, irritated or, or, or frustrated, perhaps not visibly with them, but internally um, there was something I would have to overcome in order to listen well. And so I just had to remind myself that, you know, on my Monday mornings when I'm disgruntled, uh, the Lord is still very sweetly and tenderly um, open to me. He, he inclines his ear to me. And so if I want to represent Jesus well, I need to remember to listen well to others. So be gracious. Don't be too busy. Um, show people care and concern. Uh, a, a loving non-judgmentalism. Have their best interest in mind and remember that God listens to you and how he listens to you should be a model for how you listen to others. Secondly, remember that Christianity is supernatural. Remember that Christianity is supernatural. I think one thing that keeps us from being good listeners is being good talkers. Most pastors are pretty good talkers. And so I have found myself in situations often where um, I just don't know what to say. And I feel really frustrated um, because I feel like I should have something to say. I, I figure I'm supposed to have all the answers, the advice, the wisdom, uh, the keys to fixing everything. Um, and many pastors feel the same way. They f figure that they ought to um, have the answers to things. And so they just sort of make stuff up. I remember once um, I was working at a bookstore and we were instructed by a, a sincere manager um, that we weren't to ever tell a customer, I don't know. <laughs> that I don't know was an unacceptable answer. Um, even if you didn't know the answer to their question, never say I don't know. Go find out the answer or make something up. And I'm not lying. Uh, I'm not making this up. We were told that um, a wrong answer to someone um, comforts them more than the um, the I don't know answer. They want to feel like you know something and that's more comforting to them. Well, you may feel that sort of pressure in pastoral ministry, in, in the counseling office, in a discipleship scenario, in moments of grief or sadness, and feel this pressure to say something. But very often just sitting there and being with someone, um, listening to them or just the two of you together, you know, um, in silence, listening to God, um, in in those moments can be um, a really profound ministry. Uh, one of the most difficult uh, ministerial scenarios that I ever encountered um, was helping a woman um, who had just lost her son um, sitting there in the hospital while she waited to go identify his body. This was something um, that I didn't even know people you know still did. I thought it was something from you know the movies or something like that. And um, you know I'm sitting next to this woman. And, you know, just holding her hand and she's waiting to go, you know, see her adult son and identify his body. And in that moment, I, I was thinking, you know, I really should have some things to say. I'm her pastor. I should be able to have some words of advice, some words of comfort, some words of wisdom and everything that I could think of to say 
as soon as it would hit the tip of my tongue, um, I would freeze up and, and think better of it. And so I just sat there in silence and I felt really guilty that I wasn't able to say anything um, to her. And later on, as, as you know, this moment had passed and, and we, you know, were past the funeral and, and, you know, more of the grief had sort of settled in and she was experiencing some, he- you know, experiencing some healing. I, I shared this with her. I shared with her, um, you know, how guilty I felt that I wasn't able to, to say anything really significant or helpful in those um, crucial moments. And she told me that she didn't even remember that. She didn't remember that I didn't say anything. Um, all she remembered was was that I was there. I was sitting there with her in one of the darkest moments of her life. And so it didn't matter that I didn't have, you know, special words to say or some sort of, you know, circumstantial sermon to offer her. Um, in her mind, her pastor was sitting right next to her in one of the most difficult moments of her life. And that ministered to her very deeply. Um, the Lord was ministering to her through that, through that presence. I didn't have to be saying anything. I just had to show up. And I think pastors really need to remember that. Christianity presupposes that transformation comes by the Spirit, not by a pastor's well-turned phrases or expertise. So it's okay, pastor, uh, to not know what to say. And it's okay sometimes to let the other guy talk a lot, the other person talk a lot. Don't feel like, uh, as the pastor, you have to give a mini-sermon every time someone comes in for counsel. Um, The Bible tells us, in an abundance of words, transgression is not lacking. And it is frequently pride and control that is speaking when we are speaking in those moments. So listen, and listen well. Trust the Holy Spirit to more than compensate for your um, you know, ineloquence or your incompetence. Uh, it's okay to, to feel in over your head. All right, let's take a coffee break here and hear from our hosts at Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu slash mdiv today. Midwestern Seminary's Doctor of Ministry degree program is your next step in training for local ministry. The Doctor of Ministry program at Midwestern Seminary is designed to equip and train leaders with a commitment to the local church. With multiple emphases available, including counseling, church revitalization, expository preaching, leadership, and missions, among others, your program provides the equipping you need in practical theology for direct church work and ministry leadership. And because all of our doctoral programs are modular, you don't have to leave your current ministry to pursue your degree. For more information, visit mbts.edu today. That's mbts.edu. And we're back. We're speaking about the fine art of pastoral listening. I've offered you a couple of words of of advice. Uh, Remember how God listens to you, and remember that Christianity is supernatural. So here are two more. 
uh, to sort of put in your toolkit for remembering to listen to the sheep well. Um, Number three is remember that people are made in God's image. Remember that people are made in God's image. People are not problems to fix. They are not projects to manage. They are not obstacles to avoid. Uh, I think this is one area where we've sort of misapplied the biblical depiction of the church as a flock or, or Christians as sheep. We're just constantly hurting people or, or group thinking the church. And people become anonymous in that kind of environment. They sort of lose their individual dignity and humanity um, in that sort of thinking. You could just as easily be replaced um, by another warm body um, in that sort of environment. Um, But every person in our church and outside our church is a person made uniquely and specially themselves um, and across humanity. Um, God has made them in his own image, and he's made them uniquely. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. So the people that you encounter, Pastor, are people like you who are reflecting the very image of God. So like you, they have stories, they have hurts. They have fears, they have doubts, questions, they have struggles with sin, anxieties, pressures, and stresses that are all their own. And when you objectify people, you stop listening to them. You, you treat them as just sort of the latest project for your ministerial technology. And so listening to people affirms their dignity, affirms their humanity, honors um, the things that they carry around with them and helps people to feel cared for, to feel listened to, to feel significant and valued. You affirm the image of God in someone when you take the time to listen to them share their heart. So remember that people are made in God's image. Okay, fourthly and finally, remember, Pastor, that Christ is your justification. Remember that Christ is your justification. Um, so many pastors are so insecure, it almost seems to come with a job. It, it almost seems as though um, insecurity must be part of the job description for the pastor. And so even if someone is not criticizing us, it is very easy sometimes to hear the comment as criticism and then to start talking over it or the little defense lawyer pops up inside of our soul and we begin thinking of all the reasons why we shouldn't listen to this or why we should have a good retort for it, or all the spin or explanation or justification. And it's easy to hear someone's complaint about how their life is going as an indictment of the quality of our pastoring. I don't know if you do that. You just sort of own things that you really should know, and even what people aren't trying to get you to to own, they're just sharing their own story, and, and, and we're sitting there making it about ourselves. Um, so we have to avoid you know this kind of defensiveness. Um, we have to sort of get outside of ourselves and, and, and stop trying to protect, you know, our little kingdoms and our little ministries. Um, we have to repent of spin, of deflection, avoidance, rationalization, blame shifting. Um, whenever we're defending, we're not listening. And the way to stop defending is to become more and more secure in Christ. When I am most in tune with Christ's declaration over me, and my security in him by the gospel, the very fact that I'm united to Christ, hidden with Christ in God, raised with Christ, seated with him in the heavenly places, when I'm in tune to that security, it really frees me up 
to listen well. I, I'm not trying to assert myself. I'm not trying to prove myself. I'm not trying to impress other people. I can actually relax in the security I have in Christ and listen to other people and share their burdens with them. And so when I'm in tune with that, I'm more inclined to listen well, and I'm better situated to receive criticism because I don't take it as a shot right to my heart because I know that God has me and God has secured me, and there's nothing anyone could say, legitimate criticism or illegitimate criticism, that can threaten the security that I have in Jesus. And so I don't need to feel threatened by that. I can repent of the impulse to prove myself or protect myself or promote myself because I am keeping at the forefront of my mind my justification is Christ alone and not what other people think of me. So remember those things in order to turn yourself into a good pastoral listener. Good listening begins with remembering how God listens to you, remembering that Christianity is supernatural, remembering that all people are made in God's image, and remembering that Christ is your justification. I want to thank you for listening today. It's always a pleasure to have you. Please subscribe, share the podcast with others. Um, Until next time, I pray that Jesus will be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, Managing Editor of For the Church, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.